Tonight, we discuss whether fashion and sports need to be more inclusive. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today, I'd like to start off by showing you all some photos. And if you're listening to this episode as an audio-only podcast, which yes, by the way, all episodes of Uncensored three times a week are on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify now. We're officially a podcast, so check the show out on those platforms if you haven't already. But what you're currently seeing on your screens are images of tall, toned, beautiful young women in lingerie. Now, if your first reaction to those pictures is complete disgust about the lack of inclusion, well, you're not alone. The Victoria's Secret Fashion Show was this past week, which is a televised event, essentially an hour-long commercial for the brand featuring a lingerie fashion show. And boy, oh boy, certain people out there, as always, I think you guys know the type of people I'm referring to, are very upset about the show's apparent lack of diversity. In response to that, you might be thinking in your head, what? Are all these Victoria's Secret angels like blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aryans or something? And the answer is no. If you look at the lineup of models that took part in the fashion show, there are white models models, Latina models, Chinese models, black models, the lineup of women is really international. And I think a lot of people would look at it and think, yeah, that's diverse. You have women from every corner of the globe up on that stage. That's awesome. But, but that would require operating under a less woke, more 2010 definition of inclusion. Today's diversity has to be even more intersectional. Yep, social justice advocates were absolutely seething that the Victoria's Secret fashion show failed to include any trans, disabled, or plus-size models. Because how dare this underwear brand feature only models who are fit and able-bodied, am I right? But honestly, those activists complain about the lack of representation or whatever in the show every single year. But what makes this year so special are the comments from Ed Razik, the chief marketing officer of Victoria's Secret. In an interview, according to W Magazine, when asked about representation in the show, Razik said, quote, Shouldn't you have transsexuals in the show? No, no, I don't think we should. Well, why not? Because the show is a fantasy. It's a 42-minute entertainment special. That's what it is. It is the only one of its kind in the world, and any other fashion brand in the world would take it in a minute, including the competitors that are carping at us. And they carp at us because we're the leader. And Razak continued that we attempted to do a television special for plus sizes in 2000. No one had any interest in it, still don't. Oof, that is a that is a bold thing to say in 2018. But I mean, to be fair, he's not wrong. I understand it. The Victoria's Secret Fashion Show is not a social justice outreach program. It's a commercial business enterprise. The goal is ultimately to sell merchandise, underwear in this case, to people. And if market research apparently goes to show that consumers are more likely to buy underwear that's modeled by, for all intents and purposes, goddesses than disabled, trans, obese individuals, I mean... Can we really fault them for going with that? But eventually, for the crime of daring to suggest that people were, for some reason, not as interested in a plus-size trans lingerie fashion show, Razik and Victoria's Secret of course released an apology on the brand's social media, saying, quote, My remark regarding the inclusion of transgender models in the Victoria's Secret fashion show came across as insensitive. I apologize. To be clear, we absolutely would cast a transgender model for the show. We've had transgender models come to castings. And like many others, they didn't make it. But it was never about gender. I admire and respect their journey to embrace who they really are. So I just want to say a full disclosure on this. I love the Victoria's Secret fashion show. 
I do. I love it. I watch it every year without fail. Of course, I have neither the confidence nor the body to do what those Victoria's Secret Angels do, and from a modesty standpoint, obviously the things they wear probably not the most practical for day-to-day -day activities, but from an artistic perspective, from a fashion, makeup, hair standpoint, I love the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show because it's just so inescapably and unashamedly feminine. When I was a teenager, and I really wouldn't recommend anyone too young watching this because the women are for the better part naked and just very sexy outfits being worn, but when I was an awkward, gangly, self-conscious teen, seeing these gorgeous, confident, in-shape, practically glowing women was, for lack of a better term, aspirational. Seeing a fun, positive depiction, a bold depiction of femininity for someone who was struggling with her own femininity was, to me at least, yes, empowering. That's how I at least viewed the show, but a lot of body positivity activists out there are upset that the more, shall we say, calorie-rich models like Tess Holiday haven't been chosen to walk the Victoria's Secret runway. And aside from the fact that even considering America's growing obesity problem, no pun intended, Tess Holiday is way less representative of your average woman than the Victoria's Secret models. Who said that models need to be representative of reality anyway? They're not meant to look like what everyone else looks like, they're meant to be what everyone else wants to look like. Again, it's about aspiration. As a brand, Victoria's Secret is selling an image, in this case specifically a sexy, thin, puffy-lipped, tousled hair image. Razak said so himself, the Victoria's Secret fashion show is a fantasy. No one expects the average woman to look like a Victoria's Secret model. That would be like complaining that Thor and Captain America or He-Man aren't realistic representations of the average man. It's like, yeah, they're not. They're not supposed to be. And when it comes to trans models, look, if there's a trans model out there that looks every bit as good as the other angels in a bikini, then personally I'd say yeah, fine. Let her walk if she earns it. I don't care, but the idea that the show must have trans models just to be inclusive and representative? Okay, you guys do realize that less than 1% of adults are transgender, right? And I know it may not seem this way to these activists who exist in social circles where it seems like every other person is non-gender conforming or whatever, but no, transgender individuals are just not very common. And frankly, it's totally par for the course that of a group of 60 women like the models who walked the runway for Victoria's Secret, no, there statistically probably shouldn't be any trans individuals if we're just going off of representation. But regardless of facts like that, social media has been ripe with people, specifically trans, disabled, and or plus-size people, swearing off Victoria's Secret for not sticking up for them or saying that they deserve representation on the catwalk. Ladies, let's have some girl talk here. Woman to woman, or woman to non-binary, non-gender conforming individual. I'm pretty sure we've all at some point dreamed of being a supermodel, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to be considered so gorgeous that companies throw thousands, if not tens of thousands, or even millions of dollars just to take pictures of you? It, that would be amazing, right? But just like not everyone is cut out to be a professional wrestler or basketball player, or like how not everyone is capable of being an astrophysicist, not everyone is capable of drawing any type of attention that brands are looking for when they hire models. It's an unpopular thing to say, but no, you do not deserve to be a Victoria's Secret model, just like I don't deserve to be one either. And I also don't deserve to be an NFL player, that's just how it is. But you don't see every bad football player out there boycotting the NFL because they don't have any representation in the league. It's essentially saying, hey, I want to make your industry less engaging, less competitive, and less profitable, but it's all so I can feel better about myself. Doesn't make much sense. 
I've said it before and I'll say it again, the fascination that fat activists and feminists in general have with models stems from their desire to feel beautiful. They want to see people who look like them in all these ad campaigns so they can say, you see, I'm, I'm desirable. And you know what? I get that. I really do. But at the end of the day, it's not a company's job to make you feel beautiful. Their job is to sell to you, in this case, again, underwear. And you're a lot more likely to pay attention, it turns out, and look at the underwear if it's being worn by Adriana Lima. Funny that. But just because you don't have a spot on their billboards, that doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't wear their brand. Ultimately, a company doesn't have to want you as a spokesperson to want you as a customer. That's literally never been the case. And if you want to feel beautiful and self-confident, then honestly, that's not something a brand or corporation could ever give you anyway. I know it's a lot more work, but that kind of thing does need to come from yourself. In other news involving transgenderism and Victoria, specifically Victoria, British Columbia, our producer Liam came up with that line. It's not not good. But in October, the gold medal of the 2018 UCI Masters Track Cycling World Championships was taken home by Rachel McKinnon. McKinnon hails from Victoria, Canada, hence the joke, and is an assistant professor at the College of Charlestown with a PhD in philosophy. Pretty impressive track record, you might say. However, she's come under fire after her victory in the women's cycling race, with some people alleging that she cheated. Why, you might ask? Well, in what is probably not the most shocking plot twist of 2018, it turns out that Rachel McKinnon is in fact a trans woman, someone who was born male and transitioned to live as a female. As most of us know, or at least those of us who remain within the realms of reality are aware of, there are some innate differences, physical differences, between males and females, which is a huge part of the reason why men and women don't compete together in almost, like, any sport. And that viewpoint isn't just limited to non-sports watching normies like myself. The third place rider in the race herself tweeted the following. I was the third place writer, it's definitely not fair. We know that even with surgery and hormone therapy, the changes that men undergo during puberty cannot be reversed. Apart from having excess testosterone, things like bone structure and bone density play an important role in how an individual performs in physical activity. Trans women will be better physical competitors than cis women. That's just a biological reality. But Rachel McKinnon, on the other hand, thinks that, quote, we cannot have a woman legally recognized as a trans woman in society and not be recognized that way in sports. Focusing on performance advantage is largely irrelevant because this is a rights issue. We shouldn't be worried about trans people taking over the Olympics. We should be worried about their fairness and human rights instead. Ah, yes, the universal human right of competing in sports. What a, what a coddled world we're living in. And apparently it's not only a right to compete in sports, but it's also a right to compete in sports with the gender of your choosing. Because even in a sport like cycling, if McKinnon were to compete in the men's races, this actually would be pretty much a non-issue. She just wouldn't be competitively relevant. But McKinnon wants to be allowed to compete with women, arguing it's a right and also to not have to take testosterone blockers or have reassignment surgery. I can pretty much promise you that when trans people first began to fight to live as themselves, without the threat of bullying or harassment or, heaven forbid, physical abuse, most of them probably didn't have the right to compete in sports with the sex of their choosing at the forefront of their arguments. At that point, something like that would have literally been considered a slippery slope argument. Fast forward to Rachel McKinnon today, though, and it's reality. There's even another transgender woman, Fallon Fox, that fights in women's MMA. And let me tell you, watching those matches 
It's almost like watching domestic abuse become a sport. Her most recent opponent was TKO'd in the first round, having suffered a concussion, an orbital bone fracture, and required seven staples to stitch her head back up. But all that being said, I think the following quote will clear up McKinnon's position on things. This is bigger than sports, and it's about human rights. By catering to cisgender people's views, that furthers transgender people's oppression. When it comes to extending rights to a minority population, why would we ask the majority? I bet a lot of white people were pissed off when we desegregated sports racially and allowed black people, but they had to deal with it. Comparing not allowing trans women to compete with women in sports to racially segregated sports is a false equivalency to say the least. Race is not a perfect stand-in for gender. Last I checked, that's exactly why everyone hated Rachel Dolezal but loved Caitlyn Jenner. But I guess it is every activist's dream to be the next Rosa Parks, which hey, wouldn't be a bad thing if there were actually something reasonable to take a stand against. At the end of the day though, I personally honestly don't really care if trans people compete on whatever side they want when it comes to sports because I really don't give a crap about sports, but for all of you people who do, who do enjoy watching the football or the basketball, just know that this flies in the face of fair competition and measures to ensure fair competition. Like separating the genders and prohibiting performance-enhancing drugs, well, they're essentially meaningless. Now, I have no ill will toward trans people. I, I really don't. It's a serious condition and it's absolutely no reason to shun, belittle, or abuse someone. But if being progressive in 2018 apparently requires us to support biological men going into the ring to kick the crap out of women, then I think somewhere along the line, we may have lost the plot. But that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.